0: what's going on everybody i'm blake and that silence you heard is justin not being here today we're recording just one-on-one with eric rodriguez from nerd chronic eric how are you
1: i'm doing well thank you for having me man i know it's been a, a long time coming sort of
0: oh well you know i mean every day there's a, a some insane piece of history we have to live through and it is often better that we manage our health and well-being than talk yeah. about toys. Yeah.
1: But yeah, to have... like, oh, go talk about Batman today. Oh, well, actually, the well, the uh, Capitol's on fire. Like, you there's know? a
0: man who looks like a Batman villain in the Capitol, so yeah. I think we have to <laughs> delay a little bit. Um, yeah, very, I feel like I need a big whiteboard. That's just how many days without incident, like an old yeah. warehouse workship. But... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just wouldn't even know. It would just be a question mark every day. Yeah. (laughs) But we are at least, we've at least found a week of solitude where everything is stable. So we are here to talk about some Batman toys. We're going to focus a little bit on the Batman 89 figures, but who knows where it'll go? Without Justin, we are untethered and free to talk about whatever we want. Yes. So, it was actually funny. I just watched Batman 89 on 4K right before we recorded. My roommate just got it. And I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll refresh my memory of this movie I've seen a thousand times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's the, now you can see in 4K, you can see all the details now.
0: Oh, it it really was something. There's just so much like fabric and color change that you see now. And it really is great. But we are talking about the action figures these ones have always interested me because there's really just three i feel yeah, like every yeah. other movie line yeah. comic book line everything else in the world gets these huge waves now you have build a figure waves in your collectibles every funko pop imaginable exists he's yeah. dressed like scrooge okay. at christmas time but in 1989 there were just the three from toy yeah. biz batman the joker and Bob the Goon. So I guess the first question is, uh, how did you get into these when you were growing up? Was it the movie and then seeing them or did you just stumble upon it?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me it was like, I mean, I've, I've been a Batman fan as long as I can remember, you know, it's like one of those things. I don't remember when I became like a Batman fan. Like I, we have a home video of me as like a kid, I think like a, like a three-year-old running around in a Batman costume <laughs> like before I don't even remember that like just it's just a video we have and so like I, I that's just something that's been part of my life for so long so the movie came out like the year that I was born it was 89 and uh so uh, that means at some point I, ha- I got the toy somehow must have been from my parents at some point like uh, later on in my life um and like I just like uh, had those growing up for a little while and it's like one of those things like I I uh they were just like one of like many you know like just batman toys that I had like growing up I also had like the um batman like back I forgot what year this was it, it would have been like in the like yeah, early 90s like the bat cave uh open like you know model of like that you can get from the first film like it's like a closed mansion and then you open it up and like expands outward into, oh like, yeah the, the, the Batcave. mansion place yeah. yeah 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 I had that one uh, with like, a couple of the figures from it um, and so yeah it's like that uh, I don't know just Batman in general has just been like a super fun uh, toy uh, IP to kind of like uh, grab things from growing up and um, uh, I think that's what I gravitated to as a kid I must have I must have seen the movie early on because I remember uh, yeah very distant memories of like Jack Nicholson as a Joker and then uh, you know like all like these kind of weird abstract memories I have of like the movie so like I think early on I just saw that movie when I was a kid and like from there I must have just like traumatized me so much i just had to have all the toys for it
0: i think you've kind of hit on exactly what it was i had the same thing i was also born in 89 so i didn't i didn't see the hype it's always very funny to me now looking back that this was a risk when it happened that there were photos of jack nicholson as the joker and everyone go, oh he's it's a little too plump to be doing this i don't know and michael keaton was just beetlejuice how is this all going to work out and it's just been in my dna for so long that it's hard to imagine anybody doubting it but of course as we've seen whenever anybody gets cast in these roles the internet loses its mind for until the day it's released yeah <laughs> uh, so did you find were you old enough then to kind of realize like there were the only these three figures do you remember like wanting more from it or was it kind of satiated from the movie
1: well it's funny because yeah i remember to me, it was like Batman, right? Batman is the one that you want as a kid. You need, and the Joker is like a fun one to have. Um, but I wasn't aware until later, much later, yeah, that there were there weren't any other figures for that line because for Bob the Goon. Uh, yeah, Bob the Goon was like the third the third one in that in that trifecta. And then, uh, but looking back on it, like it's hard to think if there were any like notable uh characters that would make like you know decent figures you know like i don't know if like how well a vicky vale figure would sell or like a, a billy d williams you know harvey dent figure um maybe now like that might work but uh, back then like yeah the, the, as far as like a visual representation of the film like those three i think were probably the best because like you know the joker and batman obviously are iconic you know visually and then bob the goon was like a silly looking guy and so i think looking back on it like uh, maybe maybe it was a like, just a frugal decision that they had just to make sure that like this is these are the ones that are actually going to sell like to, to kids because they look like fun cookie you know characters um i don't think we're gonna have like a, a bullock you know uh figure come 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 to fruition
0: yeah it's funny just rewatching it because i had the same thought before we recorded of well there's not really much else to do this movie doesn't have the depth of the animated series and in the yeah. 90s when, at least for me, right, toys were everywhere in the 90s, Toys R Us was in full swing, and you were getting things like the Arctic Batman and just, oh, he's in camouflage today. Yeah. They, they didn't really do any of that. But yeah, I think now, as an older collector, when I look at what they could have done, I would have loved to have seen the Joker's girlfriend as a figure with that almost court of owl mask that she yeah. has on in the painting scene. Yeah, Vail and Billy D. Williams would have all been Like things that they would no doubt have done now but i think you're right at the time there was less like collectability and and people in their 30s putting these on shelves yeah and when you are thinking about it as play i would i wouldn't have wanted most of those (laughs) yeah
1: i think that's what the franchise like kind of devolved into though right it was because like that first film came out and it was like a hit and like they were Marketing toys off of the film that existed. But then, as it went on, when Joel Schumacher came and took over the franchise, like those uh, latter two films that he uh, directed, uh he very openly stated that, you know, like they, they were the toys were dictating what they did in the film. Like, you know, they were like, well, like everything had to be a toy. Like Mr. Freeze's car had to be a toy. Mr. Freeze himself had to be a toy. He had to have like his goons be toys and like his uh, lair be toys. And was an ivy and bane and all this stuff and uh, all these things were basically dictated by like you know what can we franchise out of this and like make into like a figure that we could sell to people and that's why the movies ended up turning out the way they did in batman robin and batman forever um but uh yeah i think uh in the first film i think they were because i i can't i that was dc's like you know big flagship movie that they you know kind of made a big impact with and so when that hit i think that's when they finally realized okay we can start marketing this into like merchandising and stuff like that um and then then they i don't think they intended right away that it would eventually flip so hard the other way it
0: is interesting when you look at it even in terms of the marketability of a movie and toys that i i think for so long in the 80s it was the cartoons that were synonymous to the toys you had transformers toys dictating the transformers and The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had this huge backlog of villains and everything they could build. And when they got to this Batman movie, it's so dark. Even watching it now, it's hard to believe that I watched it at at one or two or three and was not terribly deranged. (laughs) We have just horrific imagery, skulls being burned. He blows up a whole base. He falls in the acid. Guns are going off. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see this switch two movies later of it's for the kids, make it all bright and neon, and we've got to pump toys out. And I wonder how much that's just a change in like Hollywood at the time where they were realizing all this money was in the merchandising.
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, I mean I think that's the evolution of comic book movies in general, right? Because like for a long time, comic books uh when like kind of first started for several like a third de- generation uh they were considered like four children you know and like those children grew up and they went to college and like they started paying to still get like those comic books like that they grew up with because they wanted to collect them. And then like kind of the stories have then shifted towards like you know more adult themes and then i skip you know 30, 40, 50 years later in nineties when we're getting these movies and we get uh, movies like Batman coming out uh, and turning into the Joe Schumacher ones. It was kind of like, again, like that kind of uh, ebb and flow of like this this culture. Where, like they started out like the first one started out as a kind of like, like a somewhat like intended to be serious film. Like Burton gave like that kind of like dark tone of it and was meant to be like kind of fluffy or campy like the 60s Batman. And then um, it, they pushed it and like they kind of, like, it turned into what it was, which is like, you know, they thought, okay, this is like, you know, for kids, like this is a thing kids like to see. Let's aim it for that demographic let's make sure we get um, like the toys out and like make sure that the, the young audience that's watching this is satisfied. So, they, cause they're going to give us the money. Um, and that turned off, you know, the adult fans, you know, later on. And so again, like for the first, like the latter half of the nineties going into the early two thousands, when we got then X Ec- blade X-Men and Spider-Man, like that's was like that, again like that evolution of comic book movies uh, turning into um, from something intended to be serious too, like kid-friendly stuff again, and then into like something a little like in between, like, you know, we get X-Men, Spider-Man. I think those are like the first two, like really great um, installments in like comic book uh, movies of like modern comic book movies that we have, to show us like you can have both you can have movies that have kind of like serious themes and are have like kind of like a, a serious tone to them but you can also have a like, very fun like toys come out of them you can have like spider-man um green goblin toys and peter parker spider-man toys and uh x-men wolverine and cyclops and storm toys you know like i think it's possible for them to, to hit both both ends and luckily the Joel Schumacher ones that could have tanked that for even longer. Um, luckily it wouldn't, it didn't like last that long. I think Blade uh, is the underrated film that gets a, that, that shares his responsibility in making that happen. Um, but yeah, like it, it was looking back on it. It's a, it's an interesting part of like the history of film and comic books uh, coming together uh, when those two films kind of like made the impact that it did.
0: Yeah. Because the, the merchandising was so synonymous when you get to the, schumacher movies and even as you kind of mentioned this flip back to a what we would call in the marketing world the four quadrant movie something that's applying to ages above and under 35 and males and females that everybody can see and enjoy x-men spider-man we've suddenly made these it starts the blockbuster season summer won't really begin until black widow is out it's the opening weekend it's may 1st everyone's there But I feel like you sort of touched on a little bit. Batman Forever and Batman and Robin nearly killed this genre. And it nearly killed the Batman franchise until Batman Begins came back. And we kind of washed it clean. But it's, I think, part of the irony in that what kept those movies in our mind for so long was this merchandising and this craze that surrounded it. I always think of, when I think of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, those they're plastic, but in my brain they're made of ice. Those Burger King glasses, where they come out, or it was McDonald's, and these just incredible things. Did you did you find yourself gravitating to any of that, despite some of these movies getting worse?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, I was so I was born again, like we said in '89, so by the time um, the Schumacher films came around, I would have been like, you know, like uh, going eight, nine, going on ten in that era, in that range, and uh so i had no you know metric for what was good or bad like, uh, like again i was a kid so i was like batman's like doing stuff and like batman's like fighting mr freeze like that's fun and cool um i did i think i wasn't like of age enough to know that arnold was kind of a silly choice <laughs> but like mr freeze like i i was like this doesn't seem, something doesn't fit here um but no, as I was going, like, yeah, the cups you mentioned specifically for McDonald's, like, those were like iconic. I think people still, like cl- you know, collect and clamor to get those. You know, I, I think uh, I-, I still had those for so long uh, in my, ca- my kitchen cabinet and my my slab somewhere back home with my parents. Um, and yeah, like, just having those like, as-, as a collectible was like a fun thing to have because I loved uh, like, the unique um, properties of it. You know, like, uh, th- that, by that time, uh, we were getting like they were they were getting creative with what they were trying to sell to us they were getting creative with like how they market it it wasn't just like a you know cheap you know little like a, a 2 face figure or like a riddler figure you know like they had like it's kind of like you know really fun ideas of like what can we do differently because like these things are selling gangbusters like let's like start getting creative with like what we can sell to like these people and so like yeah the cup specifically were like a good representation of that um i think it's uh funny because like uh in this story of like you know them trying to find like the, uh, their footing with like these this merchandise uh, we also have like you know the whole controversy with the Diane DeVito's penguin um you like the marketing for that uh, uh when batman returns came out and we have like the whole issue of like you know the, the black goo and they're like they're like what, what what are you what are you trying to make us like do here like what, what do you want us to do with this like character um and so like I, it's funny like i can't i almost can't like fault them Like what it turned into, right? Because like after Batman Returns, Burton like went like so nuts with it. They were like, "Well, we can't. How do we sell this like stuff, Tim Burton like that you made for us that we have to deal with now?" Like, okay, we're gonna he he stepped away. Like now we have someone else, we have Joel Schumacher. We're gonna call the shots here to make sure that the things that are put in the film I can actually sell to children and are gonna give them nightmares.
0: It's (laughs) it's so funny that you mentioned the children and nightmares because when I think of Tim Burton's directing style and I think of toys. Yeah. everything he does is so toyetic. And yeah. since like so many of these older movies that he did are practical, they, they now quite literally look like toys and the miniatures and the play sets. So when you're like, hi, they just didn't know how to do like something like the penguin with this goo and you know, I could be gushing blood. And a part of it is like, <laughs> I understand that the studio didn't want to sell that to kids. Yeah, But as a kid, there would have been nothing cooler <laughs> that penguin and that catwoman yeah. in this like bonkers batman meets nightmare before christmas everything's kind of crooked there's like such stark contrast in it and i think that's why even now like as adults part of what i always enjoy at like comic cons and wonder cons are any newer toyized versions of that era of batman
1: yeah i mean you're totally right i mean cuz because you know again like yeah growing up with like I would have been like you know f- four or five like when that movie came out maybe and um they uh had these like, unique portrayals of catwoman and penguin like and penguin with like the like awful you know black goo coming out of his mouth and there's like super sensual catwoman and as it's like when you're a kid you're like like these toys are like fun like you know I, I think conceptually I might have like had it had a, like a fun time um Playing with like those specific you know representations of them because like they're coming from screen to to life you know when, when you can have them in your hand I think that is always just like a fun thing you can like sell to children like you can say like you yeah, know these are the ones you saw on screen now they're here with you um, but as far as like I remember watching those movies I do remember watching it as a kid like a very young kid and being like pretty scared of like Danny Devito's Penguin <laughs> like you know he was like he was pretty terrifying particularly in the way like the goo was like weird but also in the way uh, he wore like that weird jumpsuit (laughs) like that weird like onesie jumpsuit it was like very uncomfortable it was very comfortable
0: it was always the flippers for me that was when i was a kid because i could never quite figure out if he was supposed to have some like weird origin story where he was part fish or if he was just like a messed up part like i never could quite figure it out and that mystery made him 10 times scarier but i
1: think yeah, I was gonna say I, I was the same thing because I, I assumed that growing up, I, that's what was my logic was like. Oh, he's like part penguin. That didn't, you know, make sense to me as a kid. But like that, that I didn't make the dot put, connect the, dot, the dots there. I just like thought like that's what the intention was. But as an adult, you're like, oh, like he's just like a deformed human being, like which is like which is like a, an awful message, I guess.
0: Oh yeah, no, <laughs> it gets a lot sadder. When I was a kid, I was like, I don't know, maybe magic did it, and he'll be fine <laughs> one day. Yeah, and that is not the case. but it really i mean when you look at so many of those movies now i'm like i really want like a giant weird penguin boat somewhere to just put on my shelf
1: yeah the the duck (laughs) is iconic though the duck is definitely should have been a toy (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: and i feel like with so much like weird batman stuff like when you look at the the animated series line that was kind of happening congruently with this sec batman returns like they could have just made a Catwoman toy, and just given her the Selena Kyle stitches, and not made it seem like it was too mature. We could have, yeah. we could have snuck this in. Yeah, Tiny Toons was sneaking in adult jokes all the time. Give me some yeah. adult toys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I know mean, you're totally right because I remember I have like distant memories of like other Catwoman figures that I had, and like there's almost it's it's ingrained in you know comic book imagery. Like it's, there's like no escaping that Catwoman is supposed to be like a very you know slinky. Uh, sensual looking character you know very uh, curvaceous character you know like, it's just part of like the way comic book like women have like, are kind of like you know naturally drawn <laughs> unfortunately but uh yeah at that time i think again like i think the studios uh, were just in a pinch trying to figure out like how do we like push this forward because like you know they only had the three from the previous film and like going into the second film like it must have been like this kind of like again this uh being stuck between a rock and a hard place uh making this like a friendly for children So I do kind of understand like this like crazy um, story, a journey that they had getting to the third film and thinking like, okay, what do we, now what do we do? Like Tim Burton's gone. How do we like make sure from the ground up, like we can have like merchandise from this, like that isn't gonna give us migraines to think about.
0: And we landed on the crazy Jim Carrey Riddler and Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face. Yeah. (laughs) Almost just as creepy in their own way. Yeah. (laughs) But it's brightly colored, so it's for kids now.
1: Yeah, it is, exactly. Kids like the colors, and that's what sells. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, we do some close-ups of Nipples, but it's a children's movie. It's all going to work out fine. I think it's so funny when you then kind of bring this nostalgia into adult collecting now do you have any like modern 89 batman or any batman stuff at all nowadays in your
1: nowadays i don't um it's just like you know the way things worked out like i just ended up like not growing out of it but like i i had uh batman figures for like a while and then very i think it must have been when i was in like late high school early college um like figures were like you know very fun and a very fun idea for me um but i, I got to the point where i looked at it uh, w- along with um physical media for um movies for like blu-rays and stuff like this when i think it was, it was the transition from going from dvd to blu-ray i was like oh they're gonna keep doing this i i can't keep investing in physical media if every you know six, seven, ten years, they're gonna change the format. It's gonna I have to get all the same movies again. And so at that time, I kind of called it quits on physical media. And then I uh, decided around the same time I, I maybe actually I just like you know like sort phase out of like uh, any figure collecting too, um, just because like uh, the space and like the money and the time of it like just didn't like seem like uh, um, uh, enticing to me. Um, but no, like but I but for a long time I did have like kind of those figures lying around. Um, that were like very fun to have. I just, uh, yeah, it's to get to a certain point in my life. Where, like I was just like, I I gotta make a, a a different decision here to just like make sure I don't like overstuff myself full of house. Like, if you look at Andres's stuff, our friend Andres, a friend of the show, like he has like such a huge collection that I I'm like in awe of. But I'm like, how do you manage all of it? Like how do you like manage all these things? <laughs>
0: Oh, I mean, you don't. I just took a bunch of stuff down myself. It was like, just boxes and closets, and we're going to have to sell some of this, because you touched on something that is uh, so inherently true, which is they're just going to keep making it. And it's something my mom used to tell me a lot, too, where she was like, you know, they're just going to keep making better stuff. I remember there was one day where I wanted, and it was like, it was a Batman toy. And I was like, I really want this Batmobile. And she's like, she was like, kept saying no. I must have been like 11. Yeah. And I was like, oh, come on. Why not? And she was like, because in four years, they're going to make an even cooler one. So why don't we just wait till the really good one comes out? And it's like, she was 100% right. This trend yeah. followed me into my 30s. They now design toys specifically for idiots like me to be like, no, no, no. This is like... Now we'll make the penguin with the, the black goo and you can put him on a shelf and it really looks like Danny DeVito.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. It, 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 your, your mom was really ahead of the curve on that one because like that's really what it turned into with uh, um merchandise and consumership. It's like, you know, that has leaked into Again, what we have with like film and like television, like, you know, now they have um, the Star Wars special edition. The, like, I'm sure they'll have like the original cut that you can find, and, like a new 4K restoration, like a uh, version of it. Or they'll have like the Lord of the Rings box set now with like all the scenes con- con- in, in uh, 4K together. And uh, we even get that in our technology. Now people know, like, you know, if you're going to get the iPhone, you better wait to make sure you're if you can wait to get the new iphone that's going to come out in the following year that type of stuff like people have now latched onto this idea that yeah like the stuff that you get really is only as good only has a shelf life until like the same product comes out in like a more refined fashion um for collectibles that's a funny thing because like that goes back and forth like you know people the value of that then flips because like people value like the new stuff that looks like, you know, much closer and like resembles like the stuff that we want much more. And that's like a nice novelty to have. But then like people also value like the collectibles that are from back in the day where they're like, yo, this is like the original. This is the original part of like that I got. Now you can't find it. And this is like the, even though it looks horrible, like it's the original and how I uh, how, like, I value this more than like the new ones. The new ones are like too close. And like, and now I uh, appreciate the one from my childhood.
0: That's, uh, there's something very fun about like, And I don't collect anything vintage, but I really like people who collect vintage figures, those original Star Wars ones that don't have any posability and (laughs) even these 89 Batman ones. And there's always like, thank goodness for them. There's always one or two people who just kept it in the box despite all of their best efforts, because now, you know, even trying to find information about these three figures, it's also buried. We do such a good job of chronicling DVDs and music and video games and all of this other physical media, but there's never really any, like, they're just like I, you know, we made them, we put them out, and then we, you know, we did it again, the molds got better, uh, but like, when you look at these 89 figures, the one thing you're right about is, is like, the casing and the artwork that they did for it is now so unique like these ones that i look at There's, there's no other big gold facing thing on a shelf anymore with like awesome hand-painted joker and batman art that yeah. that was a one-time 89 moment
1: yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean back in the day it's it's, it's kind of like that thing it reminds me of um when uh i i had only recently watched a blade runner uh f- like the first time like a few years ago when the new movie was going to come out and mm-hmm. I was watching it and I was uh, looking at the city shots that they had like the wide tableau shots of like the cityscape and everything. And it's very clear that they're models, right? They're models that they hand crafted and designed and they're very proud of. And I was watching it, I was like, this shot is going on like very long it's just a shot of the city is going like super long and I like, clicked on my mind I was like oh because they're proud of it because they're very proud of having done those models they're, like they want to show it off they don't want to have to be just be like some transitional shot they want everyone to awe in like in the work and the craftsmanship they put into it and that's kind of like what m- reminded me of with like these figures like you're saying like these kind of handcrafted you know, hand-painted stuff it's like back then there's like, a different appreciation you had to have for it right like, like you can appreciate like how great cgi is in films now but you can also appreciate how great the models are for like the for the figures that we're talking about but you also have to kind of appreciate the different type of approach that those models back then took to be made and like what they represented when they were being made at that time
0: yeah exactly i think you know what i also appreciate is like some of those lines ended i think about pokemon a lot where i'm like how there was just a time where there was 150 of them i got them all i knew what they did and we were fine and Sometimes I worry about action figure collecting as a hobby because not only does it not stop, but now they release stuff so quickly that I'm like, as soon as I'm content with how it looks, they do another Batman wave. And it's like, well, now, you know, Thomas Wayne is Batman and he's got these guns and there's Batman Beyond and all of this. And you're just like, no, it just, there for a while was a definitive version of this character. And we had him, the Joker and Bob
1: yeah what? yeah yeah i mean that's also kind of what it is with the comic books right because comic books is the one uh still like physical media that i um that i still collect like i still collect comic books um in physical format but i try to find like a a, a midway point between that is i only collect uh, trade paperbacks and like card coverage so like the collected versions of like arcs and stuff like that and then i also only try to collect not only but like i usually often try to like aim look towards like the big crossover events it's so, like you know, the crossover events that they have between like these like multiple storylines coming together so I don't collect individual issues of like uh heroes and stuff like that um and like that kind of reminds me of like what you're saying with like the upping you know the new characters and stuff like this like you know you, you watch one and then the like, other one comes out um to me um yeah it was like this thing where I uh thought like I I'm content like with like learning and like expanding like these new like models of like these things but I I, I kind of want to wait I want to wait for like when there's like these kind of like big there's like these sort of milestones in the thing I like collecting so like I know like okay I, I'm not going to get every single one I'm going to wait for like these kind of like this wave of new ones come out and like, I'll see like what kind of gets pushed aside what kind of makes it what kind of lasts and then I'll buy like the kind of like, more significant portions of it so like I can like kind of chronicle and, like, and keep those milestones to myself and as like, it evolves I'll stay up to date with it but like I'm not You know, collecting and hoarding like every single aspect of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you really it's it's like any relationship. You have to have (laughs) boundaries, you have to have communication. I focus on this type of Batman figure. I I don't go anywhere else because it is it becomes such a slippery slope. I was I was like talking to a a friend of mine about about Marvel toys and they were like, well, you know, I think I would just want to get all the Avengers. And I was like, could you list all of the Avengers for me? And all of a sudden, they were like, well, you know, Hawkeye, Cap, Thor, Tony. Uh, But then, you know, Doctor Strange is an Avenger now, isn't he? And there's Spider-Man and and I was like, yeah, yeah. See, this is how they do it. This is how the <laughs> the movies were designed to make you be like, well, they're all Avengers. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. My, I, I've had this like heated debate with my friend who lives with me. Uh, she she asked, like, what is what qualifies them to be an Avenger? Like, what do they have to live on the compound? Do they get like a like a title? Do they get like a badge? Like, you know, like at like, what point does the one transition from being just a person like that they know to like an Avenger? Like, at what point did, 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 was Ant Man? Like, you know, ever in an Avenger, like, you know, technically before uh, Endgame or something like, you know.
0: This is something that the movies don't address. And that's yeah. why I liked in the animated series when they had little cards that would go off yeah. like pagers. Yeah. had to hand one to Spider-Man. It was a big debate. <laughs> I think, you know, we got to see this in the movies. We can't be handed, the, especially now because they're like, well, there aren't any Avengers. And like, there's like yeah. half these heroes are still around. Yeah. There's Thor's in space and Tony and Cap are gone.
1: Yeah, it should be solved if we just had a a card for them to whip out, yeah.
0: (laughs) Some organization, somebody like get Nick Fury back to keep tabs. Somebody's (laughs) got to, if I have to make a checklist of my toys, he's got to make a checklist of his.
1: Yeah, (laughs) That's all I ask.
0: (laughs) So then I guess, clearly we were all satisfied with the 1989 merchandise. There were also the trading cards, there were shirts, there were cups, there was everything. Is there anything that you wanted growing up from this movie or this franchise that you never got?
1: Um, I think from the franchise in general or that first film?
0: Uh, both. If there's one for each or one overall or.
1: Yeah. Well, I was thinking about the, the Batmobile. I, I think I had a version of the very first Batmobile uh, from the first film uh which uh or, or some some model of it um at some point uh, i know the second film was like very close to kind of just, like, it, like tweaked it like a tiny bit um but that was one that i, I enjoyed having a lot and then as i went to the um subsequent films for this like the third and fourth i remember uh you know as a kid like you know all the stuff worked on me like all the marketing and like you know the the showmanship of it worked on me so i i, yeah, I wanted um Mr. Freeze is like uh, like his like ice tank that he like drove in. I thought that was like very fun. Uh, I wanted like the Bane figure. Um, I wanted uh all the all the Robin stuff. I was like super into the Robin stuff. Like they had for uh, that version of Robin. Like in like their uh, his car or his motorcycle and um like the uh, even like his own kind of batarangs or robin rings whatever yeah those <laughs> yeah.
0: like robin spears yeah, yeah
1: like the, those type of things uh and like all the stuff that they had for him because i thought he was like oh, such a fun character uh when, when i when i was a kid and uh so yeah when i grew up i think uh looking back on it i kind of realized that the uh the toy stuff that i liked about it the most were like the functional stuff right it was like the stuff that had kind of like like um machinations to them it was like stuff that you can like kind of open up or like they or like the cars that can move around it was like the stuff that kind of felt like they were like they had like kind of functions that you can play around with that was the stuff i think i gravitated to the most
0: i was the same way my favorite batman toy that i ever had was from the animated series and it was the the like batmobile that you would pull the bat plane out of so like it would leave and it would be a cockpit and i was just i loved just moving around and opening it and reconfiguring it but You brought up Robin and it made me realize that I was the same way. Anything Robin when I was a kid, I really think there was something about being like that age and Robin also being like the young ward that I just gravitated so much to. And now I'm like, well, you know, that movie, he was kind of a dwee.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's not a great representation, like I'm as, you know, as most of those characters are uh, back then. But um, I think, you know, Chris O'Donnell. In some aspect, like, probably would have made like a decent Robin or like maybe like Dick Grayson, like Nightwing, sort of like if uh, those films had like, a little more like tactics to them. Um, but yeah, I think I think you were right because I remember watching that movie when I was a kid and just like being probably enthralled by the idea of like this you know young guy. He, he was clearly like in his like you know thirties or something, but like this this young man uh, being able to live with that man and like find the secret layer and like find be like get in the, like him to be his, be his friend and everything. <laughs> like that was the stuff I think that drew me in.
0: Yeah, even in the animated series, I always was like, man, Robin gets it. He's, like, yeah. still a cool kid, but he gets yeah. to hang out with Batman. Yeah. And even <laughs> yeah. now, like, Batman's, a little, you know, he's losing his mind. Robin's got to keep him in check sometimes.
1: Yeah, now it's like we've gotten to the point where, like, most modern Batman stories is, like, Batman, you know, learning from Robin as much as he learned from him. Like, you know, he saved him, but he saved him right back. <laughs> that, that whole thing.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think... That might just about cover all of it, unless there was. Uh, did you have a? I mean, of those three figures, I assume your favorite was Batman, unless yeah. you're a big Bob the Goon guy. <laughs> yeah,
1: Bob the Goon. I will say, I work. I work for um, a show uh, called the Movie Trivia Showdown. It's like a online trivia competition uh, that's fa- like uh, based off of like WWE and like all of that type of stuff. And um, so uh, the crux of it is, like, we ask trivia questions about, like, all movies to our competitors. And one of the questions once was, was, what was the name of the Joker's uh, right-hand goon in Batman 89? And, like, I think both competitors missed it. And I was like, oh, it's Bob the Goon, like, the toy. Like, yeah. (laughs) So, like, so thank you. Yeah, that that merchandise helped me out in that one.
0: Well, this has been great. I'm glad we finally got to do it. I'm always happy to talk about some 89 Batman, uh, toys, movies, or otherwise. That movie is just so incredible and iconic and let me tell you that 4k is great (laughs) yeah i got i
1: haven't seen on 4k i gotta check it out now
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah i mean it's always a good excuse to put it on but uh eric where can people find you what shows do you have to plug what else is going on
1: uh you can find me at nerd chronic uh, across all social media uh facebook instagram twitter all that stuff um i work like i said for the movie trivia showdown uh we're starting we just had our as of this recording we just had our draft um the other night and we we selected all the competitors who are going to participate this season our uh big season season eight starts uh soon in late february and then uh uh, goes into full rotation in march um you yeah, i think that's going to be a really exciting season if you haven't seen the show check it out again it's just like a movie trivia competition with like belts and characters and like this whole ranking system it's like it's very complex at this point it's very fun um i would uh, heavily uh endorse it to everyone to check it out um also i do uh a show with the good with my uh, friend who uh, lives with me called Video Chronic Pop Culture Quiz. It's basically, we do uh, every Monday and Thursday, we take like one film and we uh, give people 20 questions on that one film, kind of like deep dive questions. So we have done like this past Monday, we did like a Twilight quiz. So like that, but we also, we did like a Nightmare on Elm Street quiz and so on. So uh, we do that every uh, Monday and Thursday. And it's a fun uh, thing. We just have friends come on and just like request a movie to uh, do um, so if i like, can you know, if you ever want to come on and take uh, andres on in an 89 batman movie or something like that then feel free to let me know
0: <laughs> that sounds great yeah. <laughs> this all sounds great yeah uh i'm easy to get a hold of yeah. my schedule maintains insurrections not aside yeah. <laughs> as long as everything stays where it is um yeah. You can of course leave a review for the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can then follow the show at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash group slash how do you figure. We are on Instagram at how do you figure podcast and Twitter at how do you figure PC. I, of course, am at, as always, Blake on Twitter. I do two other podcasts, one called You Can't Do That Anymore, where we take a movie that we may have grew up with that might be a classic that might be revered, and we talk about why it might be problematic nowadays. We just did 16 Candles, and let me tell you, you can't get away with that one anymore. (laughs) Uh, We also do another show called Hollywood Already Did It, which used to be about movie reboots, remakes, and sequels, but now movies don't come out. So right now, my co-host Terrence and I are doing an episode-by-episode recap of WandaVision, except it is the history of sitcoms through WandaVision. So it is a history of 60s sitcoms, then 70s, 80s, etc. Justin, of course, is Tournament of Nerds on Twitter and the third Saturday of every month. You can watch Tournament of Nerds, which used to be an improv show at UCB, but again, the closings. So it is now an improv show on Twitch, the third Saturdays of every month, where you will watch eight nerds improvise and duke it out based on characters they want to choose. He pitches it better than I do, but it's very funny. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We will see you next week.